0: And welcome in to the Empire Dynasty League podcast, Thursday, 21st of July. Got your host, Ben, here, joined as always by Keeney. How are you?
1: Going well, thank you, Benjamin. Good evening and hello to uh, the great man, Hodick. He's back. How are you, mate?
2: Very good, boys. Thank you for accommodating the work schedule this week in Sydney. It's not the usual Tuesday night time slot, but it will do.
0: I love that you brought that up because I reckon for the first time ever last week we said regular Tuesday nights coming, and then the next week we roll out <laughs> a Thursday. <laughs> we adapt. That's how we. That's how we roll here uh, on the pod. So we'll uh, kick things underway because we've got plenty to get through tonight, and we've got someone on who loves to uh, loves to wax lyric at the best of times. So uh, we'll jump straight into the news.
2: Every newsman in this city is laughing at us. And I don't like it. And I'll tell you what I didn't like last week, boys, was being silenced on the pod for thirty minutes because of that guest we had. What do you what did you think of that? Other than his stand up routine, he he talks at us a lot. I think that's just in general, but there wasn't a lot of uh you know, camaraderie amongst the four of us. Let's hope tonight's guest is a little bit more accommodating.
0: Absolutely. And uh, and to accommodate that, let's let's get your form up early in the pod, Hod. Kick us off with the news. Oh,
2: straight off the bat. All right. Uh, Kyle Rudolph to Tampa Bay. Now, this is not only NFL news. This is some sleeper app news, some <laughs> EDL news, because speaking of Papa, he may have put a little, little bit of juice into the Chat this morning and got people up and about with Kyle Rudolph to tamper on a one-year deal. And sure enough, who popped up, boys? Splashing cash.
1: He's a master.
2: Nay. (laughs) It was none other than the stallion. Jim has popped in with how much?
0: 12 buckaroonies.
2: And any other bidders? (laughs)
0: 0.0.
2: He's, oh, very well played, Papa. Love he's, it. Um, he's,
0: the, he's the oldest
1: uh, squad in Dynasty at the moment, so you just thought uh, he's really not? turned into Springs here. He's added a 33-year-old tight end uh, to go with his other three 30-year-old tight ends, so a, a, definitely a need for Jimmer. Yep.
2: Absolutely, and I know you boys are really running with the age thing on this uh, season launch as we get through, so Jim's just gone bang. Um, speaking of Jim... Jimmy G and the 49ers open to trade. I think we knew this was uh coming, given the uh hype around the young Sir Lancelot. But uh Jimmy G, where do we feel he might go to, boys? Are there any good suitors here?
1: Uh he's an interesting player, isn't he? I think he's a little bit in between. Is he is he the QB that can take you over the edge? We I think we all agree he's a capable starter, but do teams think he's the one They can get them to the promised land, and um, is it are they better served taking a rookie on a rookie deal versus spending money on Jimmy G? Um, So that's the big question, I think. I think the obvious team at the minute is Seattle um, because they really don't really they don't really have anyone of note there. They got Drew Locke and uh, who else they got? Gino Smith. Gino, Manny's boy, or or is it a team like the Detroit Lions who think? Jimmy G's a long, longer-term answer. They've got a lot, of, a lot of other pieces in place. Um, or is it someone else? Um, I'm not too sure. I think Seattle's the obvious one at this stage.
0: Yeah, I think Seattle's... Obviously, they're one of the few teams that just have a glaring need at QB or haven't addressed or done anything about it. Um, but also, I don't think that they're the type of team that really care enough to shore that position up at this point. Um, I'll go a bit... Um, of a different type of landing spot. I'm going to go the Browns and just say that, you know, clearly they got rid of Baker. There's all the shit hanging over the head, which I'm Hod will get to in a second with Deshaun. Why not just go, you know, if it is half or more than half of the season, let's just bank some wins and get a game manager in that can fit their scheme.
1: Yeah, it's not a not a bad shout because there were rumours today or over the last few days, I think that Cam Newton is is another one that the Browns might be looking at just to just to sort of fill the void for for the likely suspension that Deshaun's going to get. Not Is sure. Is still on, but it's interesting.
2: on? Sorry? No, Is he still he's on the waivers. No, no, no. No, Cam Cam uh, left the dingers a while ago, but that might be just a little bit of a smokescreen like Papa today, just Cam Newton's <laughs> fluffing around, so someone better get in for Jimmy G. I don't know that that's really got some merit, but it's a good – I really like that uh, dis- uh, choice there, Ben. Uh, because we know Jacoby Brissett's had his chances. He hasn't really taken it. And the Browns are definitely a contender. So getting Jimmy G in there for eight games, oh, might have just, just dropped a tidbit for the next one. But uh, I, I think that's quite a quite a good option for the Browns. And speaking of, Deshaun, uh, they have, yeah, there's a little bit of an update there, but settled all, all cases. And what's come out of that is their, expecting an eight-week eight suspension, and I just saw before, if if it is a full year, Deshaun will be suing the NFL, so I'm sure they'll reach some sort of settlement, and eight weeks is looking pretty likely, which doesn't really help me, boys. It sort of leaves me right in the middle, not that, uh, not that I think I'll be up the pointy end, but it would have been nice to get a little bit less or the full whack what are your thoughts on that last point for to round out the news?
0: I I thought you liked being in the middle, from what I've heard. Oh.
2: Mm. So tell, tell me more about that.
1: Bondi was, uh, oh boy. Hey, um, question without notice, Ben. Just going back to Jimmy G. Yep. It seemed like the New York Giants, your beloved New York Giants. Yeah. How would you feel if if they went after someone like him?
0: Oh, I wouldn't hate it. I I actually thought about them as a team, but I kind of just figured that with everything that they've done, uh, it. Screams of them just saying, give Daniel Jones every possible chance this year, see what he can do. So I don't know if getting Jimmy G in helps them prove that point. It probably just puts more pressure on them to go, maybe let's just bench him and then you don't know what you've got. So yeah, I I did think, I'd love him. I reckon he would be the kind of bloke that you don't need anything too fancy there. They're trying to build a running game, you know, good defense, that sort of stuff. So yeah.
2: You've always loved the Jimmy G spot, Benny. But that rounds out the news <laughs> this week, fellas. Who are we getting on?
0: All right, well, let's get to it. We've uh, we've had many uh, guests on so far and each have brought their own flair to the pod. So why not get another bloke who's just going to add his own stamp to it? So uh, I'll kick it off with a song that sums up uh, this bloke and the team and where they're at. Say something, I'm giving up on you.
3: That's probably why you guys are the host of my and 23rd podcast.
0: <laughs> and he's jumped in there. He couldn't even listen to the second line of that he song. Is. Given up on the season, the GM of the Bayside Executioner, <laughs> <is> Maddie <Matty laughs> Sheehan. How are you, Scoot?
3: Just amazing now that I've spoken to you, gentlemen. <laughs>
0: What did you jump in there with when the song was going?
3: I said, it's why you guys are the host of my 23rd favourite podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> 23rd? Oh, rumour has, has it that the most played podcast of all time on your uh, podcast app is the the live draft from the room you're sitting in right now. Just have it on loop every day. <laughs> just gets me fired up every morning. Doesn't put you to sleep, does it? <laughs>
2: Can I uh, can I jump in? Who is Matt Sheehan, aka Scooter? Because in this league, I believe the only name he go, he goes by is Skinhead. <laughs> what have you done to the DFF? He doesn't like you. That's for sure. It's because he owes me so much wine. But <laughs> the
3: guy the guy has to take out a loan every year to pay up all the bets he loses. <laughs>
0: And you being the generous man you are, you just share it with the masses when people come around and draft at your place. It's it's a fantastic... I just like
3: that everyone got to drink something that he bought. He's, <laughs> he's like good.
1: a real-life Jesus. <laughs> just shares his T- wine.
0: Turns shit bets into wine. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. All right. We we've started last week's pod when we got... Uh, Papa on with giving him a chance for some feedback of the previous guest. So uh, I would expect nothing less than some, you know, open and honest feedback from Scoot here about our past guests. So what what were your thoughts on Jim, Manny and Papa?
3: They've been interesting, been interesting for different reasons. Um, Jim was interesting just to hear his thoughts on putting together a list and where he thinks his list is out. I found it really amusing that he comped himself to St Kilda. The um he probably could have comped himself to North Melbourne. <laughs> yeah. Well let's let's be serious. In a couple of years we could be talking as a league about giving him compensation picks to make him competitive. Are we like,
2: set up for that?
3: I d I don't know, but in a year's time his team's fucked. Yeah.
1: It's something the league will look at if there's formal request, but <laughs> uh-huh.
3: um, Matty was far too serious. He was a lot better on draft night when he'd had a few wines. Um, in future I'd prefer he just brought his mum on. Ah.
2: <laughs> Mrs.
3: Man. And Pavel last week. <laughs> I sent him a message. I sent him a message after I started listening to it that was like, mate, we we audition your open mic routine or what's going on? He called himself the white Kevin Hart. but <laughs> <laughs> like, the guy absolutely loved his work. Oh shit. I was just oh. like, couldn't believe it. But yeah, no, it's uh he, he was interesting for different reasons. So I was really concerned about his um his food diary that got into a little bit later 60 dollars a week for two people it's uh pretty ordinary as I said to you guys before I think there's kids doing ads overseas in third world countries trying to get to for a coffee a day to get him some money so he can have some food for the week
0: <laughs>
3: and as, as, and I'm pretty sure I said to you brody I thought he'd be a bit thinner on that kind of diet
2: It sounds awfully similar to a stand-up routine we've heard. The (laughs) the biggest
0: difference is one bloke was was feverishly reading off a screen and Scoot's just talking off the top of his head. It's brilliant. Improv.
1: (laughs) I like that. It's a good uh, visual image to think of African children that are sponsoring Papa to, (laughs) to make sure that he's got enough food in the pantry to get him through a week.
3: Manny's probably telling his kids to behave or he'll send them over there to live. At Papa's house, <laughs> but no, no. Look, they're, they're all interesting. I think so, some guys have some interesting ideas, some funny ideas, and some it makes sense. But yeah,
2: I, I don't know. I think we all think we're a bit clever than we are. Did you have any uh, thoughts on any other of the league participants that haven't been on?
3: Oh, we'll probably get into that when we start talking about some of my trades and things like that. Because there's some people there that we've traded with, but. The, um, yeah, there's all, there's always plenty to talk about. I'm pretty opinionated for somebody that's done absolutely nothing in the league.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, let's kick off what you have done because it's been uh, two completed seasons and two very different seasons from your team here. So I'll run you through the first season. You were at the pointy end. You made it to the final four. Just one game out of making the final. 10-3 and three record, your uh, expected wins record, 101 and 42, which is an expected win rate of 71%. So pretty similar in your actual wins there as well. And you had the hardest schedule of any team in the league. So it begs the question with a pretty solid performance in your first year with the hardest schedule. And then you've just gone and blown it all up like that with a four and 10 record in your second season and dropping to a win rate from 77% to 29%. Um, Yeah, a very, very different season from the first to the next, Hod. Can we
2: get Hod's crystal balls back? Because I saw this coming from a long way and I didn't realise how good Scoot was in the first year to basically flip it around and have his first. Gee, well, we... It's
1: all about Hod. Oh, I
2: didn't get to say anything last week. Uh
1: (laughs) Welcome back. Well, what what listeners may not remember is that the great Scooter was one of only three teams to get 10 wins in the first year of the of the league. He was right at the pointy end, as you said, Ben, and then it sort of it fell away. And I think you're right at the pointy end because I think yourself and maybe Hod, uh, maybe a couple others, really took more of a redraft mindset going into the startup. I think I've got your first seven picks. They were Dalvin Cook, Devontae Adams, Kenny Golladay, Alan Robinson, David Montgomery, James Connard, Devontae Parker... And they were all sort of in that 26, 27-year-old range. So it sort of almost dictates the way that your team's going to go. The biggest thing that sort of happened with you is that you, you had Stafford, which was great, but I suppose the year you had him, he was in Detroit. And then really, you got a bit unlucky with Bridgewater, went to a backup job, Trubisky, gone, Fitzpatrick, gone. And so you all of a sudden had no QBs left, and then you traded Stafford, which sort of fucked you, I reckon, in the end. So sort of looking back on that, how do you think um, sort of that went?
3: Yeah, the the Stafford trade, I think that was done early in the preseason, wasn't it, or during the yeah. preseason. And the whole mindset and with a lot of my trades, it's always boom or bust. Like I'm a massive sort of when I trade, I'm always thinking of what the best outcome could potentially be. Um, and I just thought, well, okay, Winston, if he gets back to that Tampa form um, in a pretty good offense at, uh, at New Orleans or offense coach with Peyton, I just thought that getting that first rounder back that if Winston could do that and be pretty close to Stafford, then the first rounder that I'd get next year would then help keep that team a bit younger, that sort of thing. And it just completely it just didn't work the way I wanted. So then you get those other injuries, those quarterbacks. And I, very similar to Brody when he spoke about it, I probably didn't wake up to the super flex thing quarterback as quick as what I probably should have um, in that draft and where I didn't have it or well, not enough respect for it. Um, And you you see straight away when you don't have those sort of decent quarterbacks that at least give you those 20 to sort of 30 points every week, um, the two of them, you're just, you're not competitive.
1: Yep. And we'll get to sort of how your roster's changed and what you've done in this offseason. But one other player I just wanted to address was you've done something, and, and one thing you can be really proud of, and that is that you've done something that basically no one else in this league has been able to do, and that's trade with Tim. So you actually, you actually moved Kellen Mond for Eliza, Elijah Mitchell. What a trade that was, number one. And number two, if you've got any thoughts on the enigma that is Tim McMahon, please feel free to, uh, to give us something. Yeah,
3: that, uh, that, that was about two months of talking to Timos. Um, he approached me, so I knew that he was a bit of a, a homer for Mond, but a couple of times I actually have to put him on ban because he would just send through these stupid offers. So I'd just send him a message back saying, you're banned, you're not allowed to talk to me again, that sort of thing, like, just don't come back. Um, and then, yeah, I, and I think I said to you, Kenny, I showed you one of the, that we were talking about it. and I think I said to you halfway through the year, he's going to bite at some stage and do something stupid, because
2: he just really wants this guy. And then what did he do? Mitchell. So we'll get to the Mitchell thing, but before that, you, it sounds like you're a treat him, mean, keep him keen sort of guy, Scoot. So... No. Your uh, you're awfully blue balls tells me you're treating him a bit too mean. <laughs> no, really. you've seen some of the trades I do. I'm pretty – there's <laughs> not much mean about me. <laughs> I was talking about the females. But anyway, we'll, uh, we'll move on to Elijah Mitchell. Now, he's me- looking if – if we were drafting – well, we will be drafting soon and redraft, but – He's a pretty high pick now. It's a pretty, uh, pretty nice one to have the starter in San Fran's backfield. Uh, it's a pretty heavy landslide of a trade. Now we look back on it, which is always easy to do. But uh, you must be happy with that.
3: Yeah, you're happy, but you're still like that backfield at San Francisco is weird. Like it's, it's not one that you can go on just a plug and play. He's just it's always going to be like that. Like there's still a chance that someone like Sermon may have a huge preseason and with his draft capital. Like I've got him as well, but with the way that Shanahan goes, I just don't know what he's going to do with it, sort of thing. Then they've drafted another one this year, sort of thing. So are we seriously saying that he's not
1: going to do something weird? Yeah.
2: Jeff Wilson. Mean,
1: <coughs> yeah. oh, there's, yeah, there's every chance of that. I just think you've sort of ruined it for all of us because it was the first trade he ever did and he hasn't done one since. And he, probably, <laughs> he probably never scared will after off. that. <laughs> Absolute obliteration, that one. But I reckon... Um, Ben, what do you reckon we go through sort of what he's done this year in terms of your transition from probably where your list is at? I know you for the listeners at home, I think Scoot's a little bit more bullish on his list than, than what maybe others in his division are. Certainly, Manny wasn't too thrilled with yours. But um, we'll go through, Ben. Do you want to go through sort of what he's done in the offseason?
0: Yeah, so plenty of uh, outs in terms of players and ins in terms of draft picks. Uh, so Garrett Wilson, big in there. Um, we've spoken about him a few times already on the pod and the the trades that he's been involved in already. Um, you've got Jake's 23 first in, you've got a 24 third, a second and a third from 25. So you're building for that draft there and adding to there. Um, I'll jump ahead a little bit. I did notice it's, it is an interesting one that you for 2023, clearly you traded out all those picks when you were all in at the first season. And over time, you've actually got a first, second, third, and fourth back from all sorts of other people in 2023. So you own four draft picks for that draft, but none of them are your own, which I just thought was an interesting. uh, Clearly, that was, you know, part of your trading. But some outs here is uh, Alan Robinson, James Conner, Kenny Galladay, Paris Campbell, DJ Moore, and a second round pick there for 24. So some big names there that clearly aren't aligned with when you think your team is going to peak. Yeah, there's
3: a lot of changes. I was a bit like Manny when I started looking at everyone's teams last year, especially Ben's and um, Keane's. That I just knew that for the next year or two, it's going to be pretty hard competing unless you've got that sort of that all round depth. So I, I started moving things around pretty pretty quickly, like obviously with the Cook and Adams trade later in the year with Keeney, Um and then a few a few pieces again this year. So it was it was more about like. Uh, Bullish probably isn't the word for it, but there's a lot of optimism in the sense that there's so many rookies and early rookies um, that have potential to be studs or busts sort of thing that it it can either go two ways. I'll either be pretty bad for a long period of time, or I could turn it around pretty quickly. Like if you're talking about Williams and Wilson taking on top 15 receiver roles sort of thing, um, then you've got Dotson who came to me in the second round, who's who's looking pretty good for commanders early, still got Terry. If McBride can end up something like a Dallas Goddard type or something like that, um, and then it just leaves that sort of depth of quarterback. Now, I traded with um, Camo, who I know you, you look at him sometimes and you think to yourself he's definitely molested a marsupial or two. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, what, uh, what, you guys haven't thought that
0: before? I <laughs> Can't say that across my
1: mind. Anything in particular? Just uh,
3: so I can get a real visual.
0: You know, like a blinky yeah, bill Fokker, type yeah. setup?
3: Yeah, one of the well Fokker seemed like the uh this the equivalent marsupial to a spinner.
2: Nah, he looks like a Bilby fan.
3: <laughs> a what?
2: <laughs> a Bilby.
3: <A> you <laughs> reckon he likes a pouch or something like that? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Anyway, get off. <laughs> anyway,
3: no, it. no, but he's he was always pretty good to have a chat with because he's always open to, to conversation. And when you, you look at some of the guys in the league, there's only a source of handful of guys that are really keen to trade all the time or listen to offers and that sort of thing. It's probably why Keeney gets a lot of the plays he does, is because he's one of the few people that actually asks, sort of thing. So um the with with Camo, it was more about I knew one of the areas I was really bad in was quarterback, with um, Winston being my only one there. Um, that I thought if I could just get a first rounder next year and maybe jag at one of the quarterbacks sort of thing and get lucky, um, I figured that Ben would win the division or is the better chance to win the division, which means then Jake has to get through on either points or or um, sort of wins. That if it can be a top six pick somehow sort of thing, then there's a chance to get one of the quarterbacks that might help turn it around a bit quicker. So yeah, that that's it's been just more about sort of positioning myself. So I, I probably won't have the depth that other teams have, but just position myself with some key players. If if like Cook turns into something half decent, like a, even a Kareem Hunt type, that sort of thing. But you're talking five or six players that could end up being the next Jalen Ragers that sort of type, or they could end up being the next superstars. So I just it's it's going to be a real sort of interesting watch.
0: Absolutely, mm-hmm. I love that you touched on that there as well because I think that is the best comparison for rookie players that you had jalen rager and justin jefferson side by side in the nfl draft both drafted with the same intention for their team and very different fantasy trajectories in a very short amount of time as well
3: yeah correct and you've got each draft has those receivers that that sort of come through like you like last year waddles and smith look really good sort of thing and so you just sort of of those sort of picks and the way i looked at it too was i'm not expecting much like even someone like mechie like Cook has to leave at some stage at Houston. And Cook's been a top 15 to 20 receiver for the last, what, five years or whatever it is. So um, <clears throat> hopefully Mechie can pick up some of those things. Probably not this year. I'm not expecting much out of Mechie and Williams this year. You would think with their ACs, even when they come back, the ACLs, that they probably won't be that great until the following year anyway. But the potential for for those who is there, um, to see the, the Wilson one I was more interested in. I'm probably not a fan of Zach Wilson, but knowing that the Jets aren't, completely adverse to getting rid of a quarterback sort of thing. Like, Darnold only lasted, what, two or three years. Um, the Then I'm sort of looking at that going, well, he was the top-rated uh, receiver in a lot of people's rankings, and then he drops just based on where he got drafted sort of thing.
2: I just picked up on something there, Scoot. Now, given you've already detailed that you're a fan of Manny's mum, I would have thought you'd be a fan of Zach Wilson, given his <laughs> preference. <laughs>
3: The uh look he's an inspiration to us younger people. Um
2: oh. he, <laughs> You're putting yourself in a category there. <laughs> but
3: let's let's not uh let's not kid around with the fact that if we were all in his situation, we all would have put away a mum or two.
1: <laughs>
0: or ten. Do you say a mum or two or my super yule? I couldn't quite <laughs> <make> this <those
1: two. laughs> But uh just getting us back on the line here, gents. You are right in terms of, I look at sort of your wide receiver group. If all you need is, if Garrett Wilson or Jamison Williams can be studs at, in this league, all of a sudden your team takes a completely different complexion in terms of sort of how it looks. And all of a sudden you go, gee, okay, so you got Terry, you got Wilson, you got Williams, three really nice wide receiver starters. A lot of ifs in that. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I can see what you're saying in terms of There's some optimism there for your team to be, maybe not in the mix this year, but certainly this time next year um, in the conversation for playoffs.
3: Yeah, and there's potential for him to score a little bit better than people think too. Like Dylan could end up with a bigger role. I would like to see see him get a bigger role. Um, And then you've also got that conversation too with like a Madison on my bench. Like if Cook has that injury that he hasn't had that's kept him out for a long period of time. Then Madison can also then step in and next minute I've got a top 10 running back that just comes in off the bench, that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, I've been a little bit surprised by a certain member that has my first round draft pick that he's not just trying to just take everything he can off me to <laughs> guarantee him a number one. But, he, mm. it's, uh, yeah, their side could score a little bit better, I think.
2: Well, We're sort of, um, obviously Scoot can't see this, but we're jumping a bit ahead and all over the place here because I I did have some questions for your positional groups and you've just touched on one there with Madison. Now, he is still one of the best handcuffs, if not the best, in all of fantasy football. And you just touched on that injury. I just want to pose this one to you, Keeney, as well. Was he ever part of the Cook trade discussion?
1: Oh, he certainly was from memory, wasn't he, Scooter? I think he was. Uh, he it was, was the extra picks, but you weren't interested. Yeah, either. the cost was a bit extra, and in hindsight, <laughs> I should have done that because Cook didn't have a great year last year, sure. and he is he um, got a bit injured, and Madison went off whenever he um, whenever he did get injured. So, um, no, he certainly was. But he's as as you know, Scooter. He's one of the premium backups in the league, and he's got a little bit of standalone value as well. So.
3: Yeah, there's a uh, there's a world where him and uh, their Madison and Dylan end up as top ten running backs this season. Like if if mm-hmm. an injury comes to Jones and Cook, that sort of thing. They're they, those type of players.
0: Is this um is this a review or is this an infomercial for you trying to sell your players to any prospective <laughs> listeners out there? Well, I've
3: got to I've got to believe myself because my biggest danger this year is probably a shotgun or a noose. Um, the <laughs> you, are,
0: you are the executioner. That that's fitting. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, I might end up hanging myself watching <laughs> football this year.
1: He, um, guys, he made reference to it before, but um, I think you touched on the fact that there's a league member that has your first round of next year. Um, he's just won a ring, so I can probably narrow that down a little oh, bit. Who, who and, could that be? Um,
0: yeah, now he's trying he's, to I'll trade you to... a ring for Dixie.
1: <laughs> could be him. <laughs> and um, I don't know where he's at. He's, his team's at an interesting phase, and we'll get to him eventually, but you'd think he'd He's, he's got every every chance to contend if he wanted to. And as you said, Scoot, that metagame of depleting your lineup with the fact that he holds your first means that if he takes your good players off you to become a stronger contender, the pick gets better. It seems like a match made in heaven, but from what I'm hearing, Scooter, he doesn't want to entertain that. Can you talk us through sort of any dealings you've had with the the current champ of this league?
3: So I've traded with Keeney, I've offered with Ben, so you guys see the way I trade, I'm usually not, not, like I'm not aggressive aggressive, but if there's something I want, I will let you know I want it sort of thing, and this is what I'm willing to give up. Um, I'm, I've found it a little bit funny, and, and sometimes I can be a little bit, I don't have a lot of patience for things, that sort of stuff, so I, you, you would have seen my emotions last year with how quickly I wanted to blow up my team at times, that sort of things, and so I did actually throw out an offer to Matty, and I look at it now, I can't believe he didn't take it. <laughs> and I look at it now and go, there's no way it's ever coming up again. Um, hmm. But, yeah, I was a bit surprised sort of thing, thinking that he would um, that he would be trying to get to that chance of that number one.
2: Well, what is it? What's that? What was the trade?
3: Oh, I think it involved um, Dylan, Mitchell, um, and just for some picks, but uh, for a few of his first round, he's got about 40 picks next year. Yeah, right. Was was
1: your first rounder in the deal? Because the attraction for Thais is to um, decimate your team and hold your first rounder. That's yeah, no,
3: he would, he would keep. He would keep my first, and I would get some of his back end first.
0: Right. Mm. Interesting. I like. Uh, it does fit back in with the treat and mean model that you spoke about a bit earlier in your uh, trading. You you said that you're never offering those players again. I like it.
3: <laughs> I think it's I can be a little bit emotional when I'm doing it. So if you don't catch me straight away and go get him while he's okay that I've made that decision I'm getting rid of him then there's, that time that I've had to think about it a little bit probably put me off it a bit.
1: I reckon there's every chance that our redraft catch-up at Vale Street there might be something that goes down after a few, you know, Watskis.
2: Well, speaking of you know Watskis, let's talk about that draft night. Uh Guda. Oh. Now yep. We locked eyes at a certain point at the oh. end of the at the end of the uh, first round. And what was I wearing? Don't blush, there, mate. Uh, Nothing. But I know. You, well, I've stated it very clearly on one of the earlier uh, episodes this season about James Cook, and it was one of my favourite picks of the first round. And a few picks later, or a couple, I took Isaiah Spiller, and I know you were a big fan of his. So just touch on those two players um, because I'm obviously a big fan of James Cook this this year. This is a little butter up.
0: Yeah, fucking circle circle jerk session going on here. (laughs) I'm I'm a bit surprised because I could have so
2: many
3: bad things to say about this guy. (laughs)
1: That's
3: The No, no, I I was keen on Cook in a sense of that I thought that if you could end up like a Kareem Hunt or even an Alvin Kamara at his top, then it was worth a chance just to have a look at it. Um, Spiller I'm interested in as well because I think uh, Eckler is probably getting to that age where he'll start to sort of wear down a little bit. He's not the biggest of backs, so he's probably taking a bit of a beating. I was a little bit surprised when you took him because I thought that you would take um, someone like Dotson and then I would then go, uh, I would have gone Spiller with
2: the next pick, that sort of thing. But, but yeah, I think Spiller's in for a decent year. Very good. Um, I, I had another one about the wide receiver group. And to Keeney's point earlier, it is a very sneaky, strong group. Uh, but I'm interested by a couple of double-ups you have. You've got the one and two from the commanders with McLaurin and Dotson. But then you also got the newly acquired Devontae Parker and Jacoby Myers from the Pats. Talk us through your strategy there. Because um, yeah. not, we're, we're not going to say that they're too loaded offences but you've got you've doubled up in those receivers from them yeah not by sort of choice the um I was hoping Terry would
3: um with some of the contracts that were forcing receivers to leave I was hoping he would leave as well the um that was the thought process with drafting Dotson that Terry would leave into another team the and then obviously the Parker one was traded to Patriots sort of thing where I already had Jacoby but I don't see much so I don't I think Jacoby's still be that possession guy, that sort of yeah, that five and ten yard guy, and, and Parker will still do suffer.
1: And even um even someone like Terrace Marshall's had an okay off season in terms of his value. I think it's if if nothing else, it's probably maintained value with um you know potentially Baker taking over. Um and second year bump often can happen. Who knows? Um so I agree with you, Hod. There's there's a bit to like about his receiver room, and and for mine, there's a little bit there's a bit to like about the way you drafted and your whole draft night. I actually liked quite a few of the players you drafted, and reality is we have no idea how they're going to. Yeah, we, we we at this stage you you like some of the same names that, that I liked, but um, I think I think we were talking tonight. the same,
3: same way last year about um Sermon yeah. and
2: Marshall.
1: Yeah, that's right, and look what happened. But you, you're due. Yeah.
2: Well. We know Terrace Marshall's a superstar because Scoot offloaded DJ Moore, so he must think that he's done and here comes Marshall. And Papa would agree. Yeah. Are you waiting for a soundbite there or just... Yeah, Ben left me high and dry there. I think...
0: Which one would we miss?
1: Small hands. <laughs> small hands. What are, you, what are you going with?
0: Yeah, he hasn't got small hands, does he? Anything. He just hates I think... him. Um, I think... No, go. Uh, I, I just... I agree with what I was saying there, that you've had a very vocal DJ Moore hater in the league. He was part of a very big trade, arguably, I would say the biggest trade in this league when it went down with uh, Adams and Cook in there. So was it part of a strategy that you weren't sold on DJ Moore or that it was more just you saw him similar to someone like Terry and you just thought it's better to split the tens, as Manny would say, for Jim? Yeah,
2: no, it was more to do.
3: Like, even the Adams and, and Cook one was they were getting uh, in that age range that it started to worry me. I'm sort of when I'm trading, I'm like I said, I'm more trading about what I think it's going to look like in the future or the hope, not and not so much what's going on now, what happened last year. So that can reflect sometimes what I offer. Like, even I know you guys mentioned the second rounder that I offered with um, Connor and Robbo, that was probably more a reflection of what I thought of Wilson's potential and what I thought of. Robinson and Connor in my plans, that sort of stuff. Like it was more to do with that um, and what I could get out of it there. But the when I got in Moore and Terry was the hope that they would both end up with better quarterbacks mm. Like because I thought that the the jump that they could take if they both got those quarterbacks that could be sort of huge sort of thing and it just never happened. So then obviously it doesn't work. So then I get rid of Moore all of a sudden Baker's at Carolina, which which I think uh, Papa said to me on the weekend must have been a bit annoying for me, but, yeah, it is what it is.
1: And you so you ended up getting a first and a second for DJ Moore, you know, probably twelve months on from that trade, the first being Jake's. Now, what are your thoughts on on where that may land? Is was that part of the appeal of the deal? Because you're not a huge fan of Jake's roster, or or what? Nah, uh, more to do with Ben because
3: Ben's team's strong, sort of thing, and Ben's team has that potential to really run away with the division. So if it's not going to take much, a, a bad loss here or there for Jake, if he's going to lose two to Ben sort of thing, And um, or he's not going to get Ben, then he doesn't make the potential the potentially the playoffs, that sort of stuff. So um, it was more to do with that. And then obviously with the more trade was like, I knew I had to get rid of someone that would get me a first back, but there wasn't a lot of people with first rounders next year. Like if you're taking out, the, like how many first rounders does Matty have next year is about six or seven? Six, yeah. So you're taking out six picks there and he wasn't interested in trading or he, or he said to me he wasn't and then sends me a message afterwards going, oh, I probably should have traded for DJ Moore sort of thing. Um, and then you've got the other guys that do trade, didn't have the picks apart from Camo. So you sort of handcuffed a little bit about where you could go to get it. Yeah,
0: it is an interesting one like a few years in now how I think everyone when we started this whole thing just thought, oh, well, if, if I draft a player and if I'm not liking where my team's going, I'll just blow it up or I'll just trade him or – But now the way that like teams are positioning themselves, draft picks are sort of accumulating on certain lists, it does limit who you can even interact with when it comes to a trade because what you might want to get rid of might only appeal to two or three other people in the league and they might not have what you want. So we're only what in our third year of this and it already, I find it interesting just to look for potential trade partners and there's not a lot for some or most interactions.
3: It's funny, I was listening to a podcast, I can't remember which one it was the other month. They actually mentioned in their their league, their home league, that they had 10 seasons of this when they first started Dynasty where teams were just being blown up and then they'd be a super team. And they said that of those 10 seasons, I think only one super team won it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but they were saying that it went for about 10 years before everyone got sick of doing that and then they, they'd started to level out and they realized it wasn't the way to go. But it was interesting hearing them say they went through something similar that we're doing. Mm.
1: So with that in mind, I think we've talked about some optimism and, and if the if the cards fall the right way for you this year, um, you know, there's a chance that your team could be a lot better than what it sort of currently looks on paper, quote. Um, so with that said, you've got a few players of interest to contenders, someone like a Montgomery, an Elijah Mitchell, a Terry McLaurin, certainly. Those three in particular, I think, uh, are interesting pieces for contenders. So where do you sit with... Sort of moving them or just holding and seeing what happens, and then you've got some picks of your own that you could you know transform this team pretty quickly? Or are you looking to sort of blow it up completely and and go to the draft again uh, next year? What's sort of the plan at this stage?
2: Yeah,
3: I'm not too sure. It's um at the moment i'm I'm sort of pretty content. i want I now want to see what actually happens during the year and and see because I think some of these guys their value is going to go up a little bit now um, once the season actually kicks in. Um, so I'm, I'm probably interested to see how that goes. I think Mon- Monty's probably one that'll that will get a lot of interest because of the fact that you'll have a fair role, that sort of stuff. Um So and he's probably in that age bracket that's not going to help me in a year's time, that sort of thing. Two years time um, when I am trying to get better. But yeah, it's it's an interesting conversation. You know I me mean? though; I'm always open to anything like conversation, that sort of stuff. It's and I'll always say yeah or no.
0: Yes. <laughs> It's, it's a nay. gets a lot of nays by the sounds of it. Um, QBs, obviously we spoke about you. You said in the startup, probably a position that maybe you overlooked with the Superflex. Uh, is still in terms of your QB room. I mean, you went and got Desmond Ritter in the rookie draft this year, which is a nice little upside play. He's given the keys to that offense. It's a little bit of and, – and some weapons around him. Let's see how he pans out type thing. Are you thinking of writing out the likes of him and a Jameis and just seeing where it takes you see if their values increase and then maybe dictate from there or are you looking to maybe make some shifts even during the season?
3: Yeah, the quarterback room's a bit mother Hubbard. Um, the I, I I don't look at Winston as my QB one like he's he he'll be the two sort of thing. so like like there's a lot of hope going towards Jake's pick ending up something that I can pick up that's half decent sort of thing that ends up being that one. Um, and then if Rita can come in and take over that second role sort of thing and add that sort of – that second uh, Q, QB gives me at least um, half a chance to score.
0: Right. So you've just talked down the value of uh, Jameis if you wanted to trade him there. So that's that's an interesting strategy. <laughs> I, I'm,
3: look, I'm, well, I traded for him. I was bullish then. I don't, it's just whether they let him go. Like I, I I thought he looked all right at times last year and then he had no receivers, that sort of thing. When you look at who they brought in to help him this year, like if if he can't um, score points with this sort of offense, then he probably can't score points ever again.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. he's sort of in a similar Daniel Jones type situation, isn't he? It's almost like a prove it year. If you can't get it done this year, it's very unlikely that we'll give you that trust again. Well, there's a world too if Kamara gets,
3: say, six weeks sort of thing where they're going to have to throw it. So, um, yeah, so early on there's a chance he could score.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I wonder if they can get somewhere near that year he had it, his final year at Tampa Bay where they had Evans and Godwin go off. And so Saints have got, if Thomas is healthy, Alave, Landry, they've got a few options there. Um, I don't know if the 30 TD, 30 interceptions, what we're after here, but um, it didn't matter for fantasy, mate, because he he was QB5, even though he threw 30 picks.
3: I think he has gotten a little bit wiser from that with his um, time on that sideline watching that sort of thing because like, he wasn't too bad last year. like He threw a couple yeah. of weak ones, but
1: he yeah, what, wasn't as bad. He could see because he had surgery on <laughs> <in> his eyes. <laughs> That's probably. it. Um, yeah. Jameis is a, an interesting fantasy player in Dynasty and redraft this year, I reckon. He's, um, he's got a wide range of outcomes, so yeah. not, not necessarily a bad sort of player for a team in your position to hold.
3: Yeah, he's, like I said, he's he's still an interesting sort of conversation piece and he's still someone that could end up being a really good number two or number uh, sort of thing. And then if I can get that other quarterback into the whether I trade him in or draft him in, um, then it could end up being a couple of decent pieces.
1: And let's be honest, it's going to be the Desmond Ritter show anyway, isn't it, <laughs> down in Atlanta. You can, you can get rid of Marcus Mariota. And the other thing is, this is the other thing about your team. I think that Mitch Trubisky is going to start – and I think he's going to play, my crystal ball, Hod, would be that Trubisky will at least play the first six weeks before Pickett is ready. I don't think they're going to throw Pickett in early.
0: He's got small hands.
1: Correct. He wears two gloves like one of Scoot's boys, Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy. <laughs> and I just think Mitch Trubisky is going to take the reins to start with. So we've changed the format to three divisional games early. He's going to have his QBs up and up and about. He might be a dangerous opponent early, Benjamin.
0: Could very well be. I don't hate that prediction there. Maybe six weeks might be a stretch, but it definitely the first month he's going to get a solid look in, you would think, while they try and bring that uh, guy with small hands on. Um, we've, we've given a lot of love and look into those three positions there, but Hod, why don't you run us through... Scoot's tight end room here, and uh, one thing that caught my eye is just how many tight ends you have it's, on your it's, list. It's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's Gym not tight. territory. It's
2: a lot of tight ends, and a couple of nice little names here. Trey McBride, obviously, mm. the leader of the pack. Uh, another
1: stack, Hod. Another little double up.
2: Another stack. Why, Zach Ertz. why can't I think? Oh, the double up. Sorry, I thought you meant a stack with the quarterback. yeah sorry. Uh, Yes, two two of the cardinals there, which is it's Zach Ertz was sneaky good last year, um, but yeah, pretty exciting with McBride, uh, Brevin Jordan, also another exciting one, um, just to keep a little eye on there. Jalen White and Meyer, not sure how he's going to go or how to say his name, but <laughs> I, I was intrigued by this little pickup a while ago. Scoot, talk us through Foster Moreau from the. Uh, Vegas side, what are they called? The Radio Raiders.
3: Raiders. Oh, it was more just I like had spots open. He's the backup to Waller, sort of thing. And he wasn't, when, he did, when Waller was injured last year, he, he didn't look that bad. So yep. I just saw him sitting there and thought, why not? The um, Widermeyer is actually sort of like the Golladay and Paris Campbell moving them on was to do because I wanted to bring him in and have a look at him, have a look to see what he did. The um, He was a five star recruit out of high school that just tested Paulie, sort of thing. So you sort of look at it and go, well, did he test poorly because he wasn't prepped for the, the combine because he got lazy because he got complacent, that sort of stuff?
2: Goes to the Bills where maybe he turns it on professionally and it, and it changes the whole scenario. So you, you wanted to bring him in, have a look. How, how did he look in the mounting yard there? Was the coat just nice and healthy or?
1: <laughs> he
3: was
2: a bit colty.
1: Um... He <laughs> got a double, double up.
0: Yeah. Oh, no, not another. Yeah, because no, he yeah, got, awful got awful no, socks as well.
2: Geez, actually, Dawson Knox, another little nice. This yeah, room, lot, this room's loaded. That, yeah,
3: that's Terry Dotson. <laughs> that's, that's about four in it. Sneaky, Hayden, nice, isn't it?
2: Hayden Hurst, where's he playing now? This... Bengals. Oh, Bengals. Yeah, he's,
1: he's the number one instead of CJ Uzuma.
2: The Bengali. That is Man. a very nice little tight end room there. Um, uh, Hod
1: Hod loves a tight end Ben. He oh, gets he, so he excited when he sees all these names. He's like, "Shit, they're actually pretty good." He gushes.
2: I like but this. The, is,
3: this is the funny part about fantasy. A year ago my tight ends were an absolute joke. And it's not dissimilar to that group.
0: Yeah, it doesn't take much, so, does it? It's a it's a pretty tight knit group to uh, to crack into the top well, twelve for. Well that's
1: well, I think that the top sort of three and four are, are so so strong that any of those group could jump into the fifth position this year and we it wouldn't be a oh. surprise.
2: Scoot's yep. nailed it here. We're always look all of us are looking to crack a tight end from time to time. So <laughs> we'll round that out there, Scoot. That's um that's a Especially nice after. little healthy room. If you've got my attention here.
1: Especially after six tequila shots.
2: Struth. <laughs> um yeah, that that'll do me, boys. I don't see any more pink <laughs> highlighter.
3: <laughs> hot, hot over and out already. Why is is he rocking backwards and forwards
2: like he's got autism?
0: You genuinely (laughs) got him up and about at your tight end room. I've never seen the guy more animated on the uh, video here.
2: Well, you, you think Camo's got trigger fingers. You wait till I get on the blower right now, Scoop. (laughs) <laughs> Gee whiz
0: Alright, we'll quickly jump to your draft picks here And uh, like I mentioned before You hold a draft pick for the entire 23 draft in each round None of them your own So you'll be uh, watching to see in, in with interest How Jake, Manny and Keeney go there I mean Keeney's And report. purposely
3: trying to fuck up Maddie back with mine
0: Yep, very like,
3: good Like I, I, if Ritter is any chance of starting He will be on my bench, bench on purpose Just to piss fart around with his pick <laughs> Yes. Yes. I don't care if I don't play him. I don't care if he just sits there. Good.
0: Well, and then Matt could possibly return the favour for you in 24 because you've got his first round pick there as your only first. Um, no, no prizes for second best. And then uh, and 25 is you've got every pick and you've added a second and third on top of that. So uh, uh, clearly sounds from what you've mentioned here in your list so far, you're, you're looking to add to those giraffe picks and not just sort of settle there for now.
2: Yeah, I'll probably try
3: and add a few things, and and depends if those players do turn out to be better than what, or a more more ceiling than floor those rookies, then yeah, okay, then you start to move a little bit quicker to surrounding them with some with some more talent using those picks to bring something in. Um, I'm I don't want to be one of those guys that's got players just sitting there for two or three years in sort of those early days, and you you just. No, he's having him just sitting there doing nothing. That sort of thing. You might as well try and bring the players in to help him. So at least be competitive.
0: You're referring to anyone in particular there? When you make- Oh, the guy
3: that uh, was uh, talking his way around in circles and figure eights and coming back to different things. And yeah, he was he was a bit confusing to listen to.
0: I thought you might have been referring to.
1: Go DFF! Thought
0: to what? One. Oh, did you not? Go DFF was the uh, sound graph there. Look,
3: we can talk about the DFF if you want. Um, uh, That conversation he had with, where he was seriously trying to explain to you, Ben, that Brody Brody might trade back up for that pick, (laughs) that he'd already traded back, was Uh. some of the most idiotic stuff I've ever heard. Like, I've always sort of (laughs) thought that he was a danger to himself but I'm now actually starting to get concerned he's a danger to humanity.
0: It was a live look at that scene from Dodgeball where the commentator says it's a bold strategy. Let's see how it pays off. That I was watching that unfold live in front of me.
3: If we were actually decent friends, we'd probably be looking at getting him in one of those service dogs like, to help him. Yeah. <laughs> <The>, uh... <laughs> Do they? Oh. I know, do they make one for fantasy? <laughs> Have they trained one up to fantasy yeah. to help him?
0: Kim's running in the room. You're about to fucking yeah. make a shocking trade. Nudges no, <laughs> him on the arm. And the
3: problem is, like, I reckon I can sense that that dog, the service animal, will end up needing a service animal to help him during their anxiety <laughs> <and>
0: Just, <laughs> just a vicious cycle.
1: <laughs> imagine, imagine if Tim got one. It'd be the best gig ever.
0: <laughs> It'd be a fucking lazy dog. It wouldn't yeah, nothing it would to do. do. Shit.
1: He just fucking sleep. Oh shit! I had actually had a question for you, Scoot, but you may have answered it. But I was going to ask you, what's what was your your favourite highlight from the great night at Vale Street, the rookie draft from about a month ago? Any anyone probably that springs the, to mind?
3: Look, the what conversation was really funny. The wow. um, but <laughs> I the, probably whatevs. the funniest was the next morning when I can hear Maddie throwing up in my bathroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he comes down the hallway and he just stares at me. <laughs> I'm like you're right, and he's like yeah, I'm going to go get a Slurpee.
0: (laughs) So So
3: then he doesn't know where he is, and he just looks at me and goes, where's the closest 7-Eleven? I said, it's about 800 metres up that way. I didn't have the heart to tell him it was all uphill either. (laughs) Like, it was just... That's that's the
0: go-to play for Thais, normally. We, uh, We messaged him to get his right of reply for that night, and he had this to say. Well, I won a ring last year, so, like, kind of whatevs. See <laughs> in the bed, Ben. All right. Keeney, run us through the average age. Uh, this is a stat we fucking love at the moment, oh. don't we? The old average age.
1: Oh. You've lumped me into this, but you love it. I, uh, I fucking love it. You do. What do you reckon, Scoot? Where were you in year one? Third oldest. Jesus.
3: We already looked nah, at you.
1: fourth oldest, but good nah. on you. What about year two?
3: Uh, probably the third, probably about the same.
1: Yeah, third oldest, nailed it. What about now?
3: Second youngest. Second,
1: second youngest. Holy it's like he's done some research, man. I don't know. It's like this. Or
3: you guys could have said it the other week.
1: He's, oh, yeah. He's clocked us.
0: Shit, he's, he's found out all our secrets. Isn't that good? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, it, no, it you've gone from an average age of 28 to 25 in a couple of years. So it's a fair overhaul that you've gone with. Uh, and you're still holding players like Zach Ertz on your list, so it's not like you've gone, you know, Melbourne 2010 style and just gutted the list with a bunch of 21 year olds.
3: Yeah, no, look, it's, it's it's a fair bit more to do, but the um, yes, yeah, it's, it's got it's changed a fair bit. Like when you think about like the guys I've moved on, like if I see Preston, if I see Campbell and Buddy Golladay do anything decent for James, I I think I'll just cry. <laughs>
0: Goladay's gotta be the one that hurts because where you took him in the start up to he went he signed the big fucking deal contract, did absolutely nothing. And I've I've frustratingly watched him as well as a Giants fan. If he does anything remotely good, you must I mean, you'll lose your mind.
3: Well there's there's talk that they reckon that, like watching the tape, um, that everyone doesn't get to see that he he would just take he wasn't even trying. Like he was he would just basically take plays off, he would just walk out, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, is it a, is it a mental health bet, Scoot? Just to take him in redraft leagues this year, just <laughs> to, to cover your bases just, a little just bit. to cover your mental state. No, nah, I've got PTSD. The,
3: um... <laughs>
2: He's
0: on the do not draft again list. He won't. He
1: won't be expensive.
0: <laughs> a couple of bucks.
3: No, I, I didn't. I started cutting myself after I drafted him.
0: The, um... <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh goodness! Well, All right. Well, uh, Keeney, You've got your name highlighted here, so I assume you've got some uh, final questions for Scoot while we've still got him on.
1: Well, one of the big questions we've—I've actually appointed you the commissioner of Buddy Bet going forward. I think you're the perfect man to lead the charge with any sure. sort of uh, league wages that we have. Um, well, I'm already about and, to win one too. Well, I was gonna—maybe it's the one I was about to talk to you about. But I was speaking of bets. I was wanting to get an update on um, Sam Darwin and where that bet is sitting at. And just for the listeners, and maybe the DFF who's forgotten what the bet was, Surely has uh, what is the bet, and where's it at?
3: The bet was made, I think it was not last season, the season before, that Darnold would be a backup. It was When he saw the Jets, that he will be a backup within a couple of years. And as soon as Baker gets that nod, <laughs> 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 amazing. amazing. What's,
1: but- what's the overall record here with, with you and Steph? I feel like it's a fucking avalanche. Yeah. I think
3: it's like six and oh, seven and oh. oh. The, um...
0: Wow, you... Owen. Owen, yeah, and Owen. he
3: just and he's just done another one with me this week at and Collingwood, which I I reckon Essendon's a real sneaky chance.
1: It and nice needs to, to go in the app, mate. We need to put start. We need to start documenting these. Yeah, we
0: do.
1: Because hold him accountable. I hope. I'm you. all about accountability.
0: I'm not liking that the DFF is dragging his bullshit fucking betting onto uh, the team I also happen to follow in the <laughs> AFL. I'm, I'm not feeling comfortable about this now.
3: You watch, you'll come up to me like last time before the game and start talking about, oh, it's only a $50 bottle this time, yeah.
0: I uh, I also happen to ask Steph, um, you know, what his thoughts are about, you know, just the fact that it's pure nature when it comes to losing bets from you, and he had this to say. The flowers b- blossom in spring, face. <laughs> 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 Where's Always the next and forever. <laughs> There it is. There we go. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, all right. Well, uh, Keeney, should we jump to the uh, the next segment and, and go get for Scoot's it. thoughts on it? Because it's been go a while it. since we've heard uh, this one. But there's been some rumblings here that we need to go with our old grapevine segment. <laughs> All right, Keeney, run us through some details here about the grapevine.
1: Yeah, I'm, I just want to be really careful here. I don't want to get into to too many specifics, but I'll tell you what, I will get into specifics of league members, and that is Camo. He is running rampant. The, the trade ban is over, and there is rumours flying left, right, and centre that Camo is being an absolute pest and just trying to get any kind of deal he can done. It seems like they're all sideways. There's there's no one's winning in these deals, but Camo just likes a trade. And Scoot, have has he gone to you at all?
2: <laughs> he did come to me too. There yeah. you go. Look at that. <laughs> and I before you go on to that, Scoot, is there any coincidence that Deshaun's rulings are coming out and the trigger fingers Cummins <laughs> just jumps down Scoot's throat. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, let, let's let's be honest about this Deshaun nonsense. For the most part, I had a member say to me the other week, gee, Brody's been really quiet about this. And I was like, okay, I want you to have a real good hard think. Tomorrow you open the paper up and there's an article about Brody and he's in the paper for a masseuse (laughs) that he's asked to inappropriately touch or while she was watching TV, he's come on the back of her head. And I said, are you surprised if it's Brody? And he said,
2: the answer is no, we're not. So there's a reason why he's got the shot. (laughs) Oh, Obviously, obviously, you've taken Papa's sex pest, uh, take way too literally. That is it's preposterous. A it's a fact. Oh. gee, I wish. Anyway, where were we? Great hey, Yeah, you'll probably have to edit some of that. Um, hey, so it's let's do a quick,
1: quick straw poll. So Scoot, we hadn't talked to Scoot about this, but he's already said, come and hit him up today. Ben, has he, has he reached out to you at all?
0: Yeah, I reckon about a week and a half ago. It's probably the last time.
1: Last week, I got a little DM slide action. What about you, Hod? Have you been left
2: out? I've received nothing. He fucking hates Ooh. you. <laughs> nah, he does on the surface. He lets you guys believe that, but there's a mutual respect between the two Sonny Weaver teams. Believe Maybe me. this
3: addiction to trades keeps him away from the clockers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> was uh, was the trade today that he sent through? It's fresh. Was it was it juicy enough for you to consider or even entertain, or was it just outlandish? Nah, it was pretty
3: ordinary. The um, he's, he was it was one of his, probably his worst offers he sent through. It was very Jake and Timos like.
0: Oh Jesus, that's uh, some hard <laughs> words though. right there. He'll take offence to that. He loves his trading. It's um, a real low bar. It fascinates me every time a trade comes through. It's the player that he's just acquired is still warm because that's how quickly he's ready to on-trade them to the next bloke. He's passed on so many trade offers with a bloke he's just picked up within seemingly seconds. Uh, it's quite is this, fascinating.
1: Is this some intel on what type of trade he offered to you, Ben?
0: Oh, I'm just saying in general. He's uh, ah. I mean, have a look. He got rid of J.K. Dobbins and got him back in uh, pretty quickly of a... When he did his knee injury last year, He Baker Mayfield, I think he was in and out. He's had uh, Garrett Wilson in and out of his team this off season. He, he loves a he loves a bit of in and out action, old Camo. <laughs> old
1: slippery digits.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, you know what. If you thought we were going to finish on a Grapevine segment, you'd be sorely mistaken because what's fast becoming everyone's (laughs) favourite segment to finish on, and that is the Ideas Man segment, if I get my soundboard ready to go. Mayor is an Ideas Man. All right, i got a situation. That's why Dad calls him the Ideas Man. All right, question. He has lots of ideas. So, you're out in the wilderness. You are an Ideas Man. 100%. 100%. All right, as someone, Scoot, who has the uh, the pleasure of being in another league with old uh, ideas, man, uh, are you excited to hear the latest idea that's going to come through from him?
3: So the first one I thought was complete idiocy. Um, the second one last week, I sort of got what he was talking about, but it's look, the reason he doesn't get drinks at the bar is because he's just not tall and good looking. <laughs> um, so, like, you don't see you don't see Brody and Timos always sitting in line not getting served. There, um, so yeah. What's what's you going to come up with this week?
0: Well, I like that you you mentioned. I, I reckon the first week was probably the biggest outlier because when we. When we mentioned this to him, we just wanted his general thoughts, and I felt like he got a bit of stage fright the first week. He felt like it had to be this, like, great question that would elicit an amazing response. But he's just gone back to the well of last week, which is what I like for this week. So uh, prepare yourself. So here's an idea that's life-changing for the world. All vehicles to have, to be changed... Instead of the panels on the side, some cushy material, which is going to save a lot of accidents—not accidents, accidents sorry—a lot of lives in accidents. If that can't take place, then at least put some airbags within the panels, which is going to then save even more <laughs> lives. <laughs> <laughs> Don't cars already have side airbags. There you have it. Some material. <laughs> Some, Some material, material, like an airbag that acts like an airbag, and if not, put curtain airbags. Which are, I'm with you. I kind of think they do exist, the curtain airbags. But I'm assuming he means curtain bags, airbags everywhere. You know, down near your feet, yeah. behind your head, top of your head. I don't know. What, what well, do you? <laughs> what do you think?
1: Having having been there he when. Needs help. Well, having been there when he was just discussing this, I think he was going for more of like a bumper car feel where <laughs> whatever, you, whatever you hit, it's just you're good. You, you're surviving that. Um, I don't know if he's thought about sort of the aerodynamic sort of situation, the price of petrol and how much more expensive your car would be to run, etc. But for me, he's just an Australian Carl Pilkington, this bloke. He's well, unbelievable. Like
2: the fact that he thinks every issue that he's got is, is world-changing. Hang on. No, no, no. Hang on. Stop right there, Ken. Carl Pilkington is one of the best things that's happened to this world. Mayor doesn't even spit on his shoes.
1: <laughs> nah, you're probably right. That's probably a bit extreme. But the other, the other spin-off to this, and I don't want to step on his, on his ideas, but he was saying that he cannot believe that it's 2022 and there's no cars in the, in the air. There's, there's a lot of wasted space mm. above us that can be used for transport, and he doesn't understand why cars aren't flying yet.
0: It's a fair point. It is a fair point.
1: Well, he's an ideas man.
0: He he sure is. (laughs) He is an an ideas
2: man. No, he is. I'm really shocked that the sleeping duck pillow manufacturer haven't come out with a car yet, because that's where he was going with it, (laughs) with the stupid panels. But the more I listen to this knob is he really should have been one of those nuffies from the footy show back in the day that Sam Newman had the pleasure of meeting in the streets.
1: Street talk. Street talk.
2: That's exactly right. Nate, rename this segment something to do with street talk for this Nimrod. Are you suggesting that whenever there's like some sort of media
3: thing, they've always got that idiot that comes up and talks to the reporter?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, the ones that will all be on yeah.
3: the <laughs> <laughs> That could be a full-time job for him.
0: You know, mate, oh, oh, every week, Hod, you you get angrier and angrier. I don't know if having old angry man scoot on brought out more anger from you this week but you're giving him a hard time the man just has ideas he just wants to share the ideas with the world stop trying to bring the man down
2: when one of these ideas come to fruition i'll shut the hell up
0: well yeah i mean if his ideas already exist is that coming to fruition cuz curtain airbags are pretty good <laughs> Uh, well, uh, I'll, we'll tie it up here. Thanks for sticking around and not only sharing your thoughts and your insight there, Scoot, but also for listening to another rambling from Mayer and his Ideas Man segment at the end. It's been a pleasure to have you on.
3: No problems. It was enjoyable and you'll probably go out to number 24 now.
1: Thank you, Scooter. It was an absolute pleasure, mate. And I'll tell you, I've just got a text from Cummo. He's trying to tell me that the next D's game is at Rotnest Island. So I've just got to make sure that that's accurate.
2: Leave the quackers alone, Camo. <laughs> well, speaking of quackers, Camo's definitely got my juices flowing because Scoot incoming Jesus. is something for your tight end room. Yeah, Here's your grapevine, boys, but it was great to have you on. All class he is, boys. He knows his shit. He's measured. He's calculated. He's got a plan, and it was good to have him on. Podcast over and out.